0: Ancient Egypt, The Light of the World, Book Eight, The Egyptian Wisdom in Other Jewish Writings, by Gerald Massey, read by Graham Dunlop, edited by Darren Grimes. The Kamite mythos of the old Lost Garden may be seen transforming into Hebrew legendary lore when Ezekiel describes an Eden that was sunk and buried in the lowermost parts of the earth. Thus saith the Lord, when I cast him, Pharaoh, down to Sheol, with them that descend into the pit, and all the trees of Eden, and all that drink water were comforted in the nether parts of the earth. To whom art thou thus like in glory and in greatness among the trees of Eden? Yet shalt thou be brought down with the trees of Eden into the nether parts of the earth. Thou shalt lie in the midst of the uncircumcised. This is the Garden of Eden in Sheol, and Sheol is a Semitic version of the Egyptian Amenta. That is why the lost Gan Eden is to be found in the nether parts of the earth as an outcast of the later theology. When the word Sheol in the Old Testament is rendered in English by the grave, it is inadequate times out of number. The Hebrew writers were not always speaking or thinking of the grave when they wrote of Sheol, which has to be bottomed in Amenta, the divine nether earth, not simply in the tomb. The grave is not identical with hell nor the pit hole with the bottomless pit. The pangs and sorrows of Sheol, like the purging pangs of the Romish purgatory, have to be studied in the Egyptian ritual. Many of the moanings and the groanings in the psalms are the utterances of Osiris, or the Osiris suffering in Amenta. They are the cries for assistance in Sheol. The appeals in the house of bondage for help from on high, and for deliverance from afflictions and maladies more than human, were uttered in Amenta, before they were heard in Sheol. And the psalmist who first wrote the supplications on behalf of the manes was known as the divine scribe, Tat, before the Psalms in Hebrew were ascribed to David. The speaker of Psalms 16 is talking pure Egyptian doctrine in Amenta, concerning his soul and body when he says, My flesh shall dwell in safety, for thou wilt not leave my soul in Sheol. Neither wilt thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. In thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. As we see from the ritual, this is the Manis expressing his confidence in the duration of his personality, the persistence of his Sahu or Mummy Soul, in Amenta, and his hope of being vivified forever by the Holy Spirit and led along the pathway of eternal life by Horus the Redeemer, to the right hand of his father, Atum Ra. He is the sleeper in Amento when he says, I shall behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied with thy likeness when I awake. The Osiris woke in Sakem, where he saw the likeness of his lord who left his picture there. His true likeness as the risen one transformed, transfigured, and divinely glorified, that looked upon the manis smiling sunwise through the defecating midst of death, for the Osiris to come forth and follow him. The speaker was in Amenta as the land of bondage when the cords of Sheol were bound about him. He was assimilated to the suffering Horus, sitting blind and helpless in the utter darkness, pierced and torn and bleeding from the wounds inflicted on him by Sut, who had been his own familiar friend, his twin brother, and who had turned against him and betrayed him to his death. The most memorable sayings in the Psalms and the most misleading when misunderstood are uttered in this character of Osiris, who was the typical victim in Amenta, where he was tormented by the followers of Sut, the forsaken sufferer who was piteously left to cry, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? The sufferer is in Sheol, the miry pit, when he says, I sink in deep mire. Deliver me out of the mire, and let not Sheol shut her mouth upon me. Sheol, then, is one with Amenta, and the drama with its characters and teachings belongs to the mysteries of Amenta, which are attributed to Tot, the Egyptian psalmist, who is the great chief in Sakem, the place where Horus suffered or Osiris died. Tat was the writer of the sayings attributed to Horus in his dual character of the human sufferer Animenta and of Horus Tima, the divine avenger of the sufferings that were inflicted on Osiris by the wicked, the Samai, the co conspirators with Sut, the Egyptian Judas. This will account for the non natural imagery and hugely inhuman language ascribed to the supposed historic David, who as writer was primarily. The psalmist taught, and who called down the divine wrath upon the accursed Typhonians for what they had done in binding, torturing, and piercing Horus or Osiris, and pursuing him to death. So far as the language of Tot remains in the Psalms of David, it is inhuman because the characters of the drama were originally non human. This is one of the many misrenderings that have to be rectified by means of the Egyptian ritual when we have discriminated between the earth of time and the earth of eternity, between the denizens of Judea and the Manis in Sheol, and learned that the Hebrew and Christian histories of these mystical matters have been compounded out of Egyptian eschatology. It is noteworthy that certain of the Psalms in two different groups are specialized as Psalms of the sons of Korah. These were the rebels once upon a time who according to Hebrew tradition disappeared when the earth opened and swallowed them up alive. This is a legend of Amenta. The only earth that ever swallowed human beings was the nether earth of Sheol. And if we take our stand with the sons of Korah and Amenta, we can read these psalms and see how they should especially apply to those who were swallowed by Sheol in the nether world. One thing, says a commentator, which added to this surprising occurrence, is that when Korah was swallowed in the earth, his sons were preserved. They went down to the pit in death, but lived on as did the Manis in Amenta. The sons of Korah are in Sheol. But, says the speaker, God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol. He exclaims, Bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Psalm 14 is a psalm addressed to the Anointed Son, the King, equals the Royal Horus, who comes as a conqueror of death and Sheol. Psalm 45 is a psalm addressed to the Anointed Son, the King, equals Royal Horus, who comes as a conqueror of death and Sheol. Psalm 47 is a song about the resurrection from Amenta. God has gone up with a shout to sit upon His holy throne in the Eternal City on his holy mountain, which was the way up from the dark valley for those who, like the sons of Karah, sank into the nether earth, but who lived on to rise again and reach the summit of the sacred mount. The Kamite steps of ascent were buried as a fetish figure in the coffins with the dead for use, typically when they woke to life in Amenta. It is said to the Osiris in the ritual, Osiris, thou hast received thy scepter, thy pedestal, and thy flight of stairs beneath thee. This was in readiness for his resurrection. These images of the stand on which the gods were elevated like Anup at the pole, the tat of stability, and the steps of ascent to heaven, were buried with the mummy as emblems of divine protection, which are with him when he emerges from the comatose state of the dead. The steps thus buried stand for the mountain of ascent. We are reminded of this by the psalmist when he sings, O Lord, Thou hast brought up my soul from Sheol. Thou, Lord, of Thy favor hast made my mountain to stand strong. The mountain that was imaged in the tomb by the steps, with the aid of which the deceased makes the ascent from Amente, and can say, I am the Lord of the stairs, I have made my nest on the horizon. The Pharaoh Unas exalts that the ladder or stabs have been supplied to him by his father Ra, as means of ascent to the spirit world. When King Pepi makes his exodus from the lower earth to the Elysian fields, Sut sets up his maket, or ladder, an amenta by which the manes reaches the horizon, and secondly, Horus erects his ladder by which the spirit of Pepi reaches up to heaven. This divides the steps of ascent into halves of seven each, as these are figured in the seven steps of the solar boat. Thus, the total number is fourteen, as it was in the lunar mythos when the eye of the full moon was attained at the summit of fourteen steps, or top of the staircase. The number, as may be explained, was fifteen in the soli lunar reckoning of the month. Thus, in one computation there were fifteen steps to the ladder of ascent, from the depths of Amenta. To the summit of the mount. Now fifteen of the Psalms are termed Psalms of degrees, in the Hebrew they are called a song of ascent. In the Chaldee they were designated a song that was sung upon the steps of the abyss. These are the steps from the abyss or depths of Sheol mentioned by the speaker who says, Thou shalt bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Thus, the steps constituted a means of ascent from Sheol or Amenta, and in the Song of Ascents we can identify the staircase of the great God by which the summit of the mount was attained. The speaker has dwelt long in the death-dark land. He will lift up his eyes to the mountains or the mount. Unto thee do I lift up mine eyes, O thou that sittest in the heavens. The Lord hath chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation as he had already done when his name was kunum or Osiris, the lord of Sheni. The celestial mountain is the place where the throne was prepared for the last judgment in the mysteries of Amenta, and figured in the mat upon the summit of the mount. It was there Osiris sat in his throne judging righteously as king forever. The mount was also called the staircase of the great god. Osiris is said to sit at the head of the staircase, surrounded by his circle of gods. In the pre osirian cult it was Atum Ra, who sat as the great judge in the mat, the hall of truth, law, and justice. As we have seen, the mount on high was also imaged by other types of the ascent to heaven. The speaker in the Song of Ascents, or the Psalms of 15 degrees, is at the base of the mythical mountain Sheol, equals Amenta. The Lord of whom he addresses is upon the summit of his holy hill, just as Osiris or Atum or Sebek is the great God seated at the head of the staircase. In his distress he cries unto the Lord for deliverance from the enemy, who is Sut, the liar and deceiver, him that hateth peace. My soul, he says, hath long had her dwelling with him that hateth peace. I am for peace. Woe was me, he cries, that I sojourn in Meshak, Meshak or Meska, in the Egyptian, as a place name, signifies the place of scourging and purifying in Sutan Ken. It is the Kamite purgatory as a place of rebirth in Amenta. For the soul, on its resurrection from the dead prior to the ascent of the steps, the ladder, staircase, column, or mount, on passing through the sixth abode of Amenta, the speaker pleads, Let me not be stopped at the mesca. Let not the wicked have mastery over me. Let me join my two hands together in the divine dwelling which my father Atum hath given me. He who hath established an abode for me above the earth, wherein is wheat and barley of untold quantity, which the son of my own body offereth to me, there as oblations upon my festivals. And when the manis has passed through the meshka, or place of purifying, he prays to be delivered from the hell that await the damned. In meshik or the meshka, the sufferer says he will lift up his eyes unto the mountains from whence his help shall come. The mount is pluralized, but it is the summit upon which stands the heavenly Jerusalem. Builded as a city that is compact together, whither the tribes go up, even the tribes of Ua, to give thanks unto the Lord. There were set the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David, which are the twelve thrones in heaven, as described in the book of Revelation. The single mount is Zion, the Egyptian Shanu or Hetep, the mount of rest. For the Lord hath chosen Zion, he hath desired it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. P.S. On the last of the fifteen steps of ascent, a call is made upon the starry luminaries to praise the Lord. Bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the sanctuary, and bless ye the Lord. The Lord bless thee out of Zion. These are they who stand by night around the throne at the top of the steps, and this last finishing touch is very definitely astronomical. As Egyptian, there was an upper circle of the great spirits around the throne upon the summit of the mount, who were called the Shanu, and the mount of the Shanu equals Mount Zion. Under one of its Egyptian names, the valley of Amenta or Sheol is called Akar. This valley of Akar we identify with Akar the Valley of Sorrow in the Hebrew. Akar's gloomy veil is sung in the Christian hymn, and this is the essential character of Akar. It has been observed by Renouf that the notion of obscurity is connected with Akar, whereas the notion of brightness is essentially associated with the mount. The two gates of Akar are mentioned in the Pyramid Texts of Pepi as equivalent in sense to the two gates of Seb, or the earth. The difference lies betwixt the mythical and eschatological application. The gates of Seb refer to our earth, and the gates of Akar to Amenta, a land of shades in the earth of eternity. When the valley of Akor is to become a door of hope, it is in the wake of the solar god who goes forth from the gate of Akar to the summit of the mount. Israel was to be judged and to make answer in the judgment hall which stood at the place of exit in the topography of Amenta. As in the day when she, previously, came up out of the land of Egypt, which was one and the same thing in the mythical representation of the Exodus, in fact, the supposed history is identified with the mythos by Esdras, who portrays the Last Judgment, which is to be as it was in the time of Akan, when he was doomed to die in the valley of Accor. The Egyptian Valley of the Shadow of car, In this valley was the sepulchre of Osiris betwixt the two mountains or horizons of the west and east. So the graves of the Hottentot deity, Hetzi Ibib, were made in the valley or narrow pass between two mountains, and from these he, like Osiris, rose again and made his transformation in the tree of dawn. The nature of Akkor is indicated by Hosea when he says of Israel, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness, and I will give her the valley of Akkor for a door of hope. And she shall make answer in the judgment there. It was in Akkor that the stoning of Akan occurred in the valley of vengeance, and it is there that Israel was to answer for all her iniquities. Thus, whatsoever events had occurred in Akkor's gloomy vale took place in the Akar or Ukirti, of the nether earth, which was a place of passage for the Manis through Amenta. In the distance lay the Aru paradise, with the seven cows called the Providers of Plenty, resting in the green fields of peace and prosperity. The vale of Akar led to the Aru meadows, and out of these arose the mountain of the Lord upon the summit of which was the place of rebirth in the upper paradise, the abode of the blessed. This is the imagery made use of by Isaiah. Thus saith the Lord, I will bring forth the seed out of Jacob, and out of Judah an inheritor of my mountain, and my chosen shall inherit it. And my servants shall dwell there, and Sharon shall be a pasture for flocks, and the valley of Achor a place for herds to lie down in, For my people that have sought me. But ye that forsake the Lord, that forget my holy mountain, that prepare a table for fortune, and that fill up my mingled wine unto destiny, I will destine you to the sword. This is the mountain of Amenta. Fortune and destiny are two Egyptian deities who are mentioned here by the name of God and Menai, but only mentioned to be abjured. As Egyptian, the goddess of fortune was Ranut who was also the giver of good fortune in the harvest. The god of destiny or fate was Shai, the apportioner of the lot. These are to be cast out and their worshippers destroyed, but the mold of the imagery remains in the valley of Akor. Indeed, the chart of Judea looks like a copy of the scenery in Amenta, as it would be if the land had been originally mapped out by the emigrants from Egypt. Amenta, and the Aru Paradise, with its heaven on the summit of the mount, have been repeated at innumerable sacred places of the world, such as the Garden of the Gods and the Holy Mountain of Shasta in Colorado. The first resurrection of two of the coming forth today occur in the Valley of Akar. the Valley of Passengers, the burial place for God and His multitude, the Valley of Ella, the Valley of Giants. The Valley of the Raphaim, the Valley of Death, and the Valley of Judgment, the Valley of Sidim, the Valley of Hinnom, are all figures of Amenta in the nether earth of the mythos and eschatology, and therefore of the Hebrew Sheol. The Valley of Decision is likewise the Valley of Amenta, associated with the Mount of the Lord, the Valley of the lower earth in which the great judgment was delivered at the end of the world, or age, or cycle of time which was annual in the Mysteries, as it is still in the Jewish ceremonies celebrated at the end of every year. The Lord is about to judge the whole world in the Valley of Judgment, here called Jehoshaphat, Multitudes, Multitudes in the Valley of Decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the Valley of Decision. The sun and moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining, and the Lord shall roar as the God in Lion form, from Zion, and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens shall shake. But the Lord will be a refuge unto his people, and a stronghold to the children of Israel. So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountain shall drop sweet wine down, and the hills shall flow with milk, and all the brooks of Judah shall run with waters, and a fountain shall come forth out of the house of the Lord and water the valley of the Acacias. Every feature of this imagery is and ever had been Egyptian. The valley of decision is the Egyptian valley of judgment, in which the great hall of Mati, the house of the Lord and the solar mythos, was the judgment seat. The Lord who sat in judgment was Atum, in his lion form, as Lord of terrors. The Lord enthroned upon His holy mountain was Atum-Ra, upon the mountain of Amenta, which the Manis climbed for their rebirth in heaven. The mountain that souls are commanded to flee to for safety in the time of trouble and threatened destruction, which is repeated in the New Testament, is the mountain of Manis, who fled to its summit in the likeness of birds. This is expressed in Psalm 11. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird, or birds, to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend the bow, they make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may shoot in darkness at the upright of heart. The Lord is in his holy temple, the Lord his throne is in heaven. On the summit of the solar mount, to which the hawk-headed manis fled and were out of reach of the rebels, the Sabao, the wicked, the Sut-Typhonians, who pursued and shot at them in the darkness, and who were rained upon with fire and brimstone and the burning blast, or overwhelmed with the inundation in the Red Sea or Lake of Putrata in Amenta. According to the ancient Osirian mythos, there was a cleft in the hillside at Abydos, through which the Manis passed as human-headed birds in the shape of hawks or herons. This was a prototypal representation of the souls fleeing for refuge to the mountain that was afterwards repeated in Semitic legends, Hebrew and Arabic. The typical valley then goes with the mythical mountain or mountains in the Hebrew writings. The valley of Amenta is the dwelling place of the Manis, which are represented as the Raphaim, who answer to the Egyptian rapae The Repay, or Pate, are the dead below the earth who are in the custody of Seb. The Rephaim are the dead in the Hebrew Sheol. In the day of vengeance, says Isaiah, it shall be as when the corn is reaped and the ears are gleaned in the valley of Rephaim. In the valley of Amenta was the field of divine harvest and the vintage of vengeance. In tracing the Israelites on their journey out of Lower Egypt, we shall meet with the Rephaim who are the giants and, at the same time, shades of enormous stature. Meanwhile, whatsoever battles were fought or vast events occurred in the valley of the Raphaim, they took place in the earth of the dead, and not upon the upper earth. The giant king of Bashan was one of the Rephaim. Goliath, the colossus, was another of the Raphaim, and these giants dwelt in the valley of the Rephaim. Consequently, The conquerors of the Raphaim, whether called Moses or Abraham, Joshua or David, who warred with the giants as shades of the dead in the valley of the Raphaim, could no more be historical characters than were the Raphaim themselves. On entering the dark valley of Amenta, the Egyptian Manes most assiduously seeks for the place of refuge and safety provided by the great God, and for the entrance to the ark or tabernacle of Osiris-Ra. This is a secret covert in the midst of a car. Osiris is denominated Lord of the Shrine, which standeth at the center of the earth. It is said by the speaker in the litany of Ra, Here is the Osiris. Carry him into the hidden sanctuary of Osiris, Lord of Eternity, who is under the care of the two divine sisters that give protection in the tomb. Carry him into the hidden dwelling where Osiris resides and which is in Amenta, the mysterious sanctuary of the God at rest. Bear him, open your arms to him, stretch out your hands to him, take off your veils before him, for he is the great essence, whom the dead spirits do not know. But to whom they are indebted for the resurrection to new life. In the Psalms, the tabernacle or sanctuary in Sheol takes the place of the ark or secret shrine of Osiris in Amenta. Lord, who shall sojourn in thy tabernacle? In the court of his tabernacle shall he hide me. In Salem is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. The resurrection of the manis took place in Sheol or Amenta. And it is as the risen manis in Sheol that the speaker seeks to dwell in the sanctuary of the Lord and to contemplate his temple. Hence he says, In the covert of his tabernacle or dwelling shall he hide me. He shall lift me upon a rock. I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. Such sacrifices or offerings are made to Osiris in his shrine of earth or tabernacle in Amenta, as shown by the vignettes to the ritual. This was the stronghold of salvation to his anointed in the earth of eternity. This we take to be the tabernacle, sanctuary, or house of the Lord in Sheol, of which it is said. Who shall sojourn in the tabernacle? In the day of trouble, he shall keep me secretly in his pavilion. In the covert of his tabernacle shall he hide me, in the place where the divine glory dwelleth. The mummy Osiris in Amenta is the figure of a sleeping deity. This, as the mummy Ta or Puta, we hold to have been the prototype of the sleeping Buddha. The mummy image of divinity was continued in Osiris Sakari. He is the inert in matter, the sleeping or resting divinity, the breathless one, Urt the god of the non beating heart, the silent Sakari. Such also is the divine sleeper who is piteously appealed to by the human sufferer in Sheol, and who is identical with Osiris sleeping in Amenta. The speaker in the Psalms cries unto the Lord with his voice Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. Arise, O God, judge the earth. O God, keep not Thou silence. Hold not Thy peace, and be not still, O God. The waking preceded the great judgment. Arise, O Lord, in Thine anger. Lift up Thyself against the rage of mine adversaries, and awaken for me. Thou hast commanded judgment. O Lord, when Thou awakest, Thou shalt despise their image. Awake, why sleepest Thou, O Lord? Rise up for our help. Then the Lord awakened as one out of a sleep, and he smote his adversaries backward. This is the awakening of the god Azamsu, whip in hand, when he arises and asserts his sovereignty over all the opposing powers. The speaker is in the position of the Osiris, as the mummy sleeping in Amenta, when he pleads with the protecting power, Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings, from the wicked that spoil me, my deadly enemies that compass me about. As for me, I shall behold thy face in righteousness, I shall be satisfied with thy likeness when I awake. In these passages, Osiris, the mummy god, as sleeper in Amenta, and the Osiris as Amanis are both represented, and are both distinguishable each from the other. The speaker in Psalm 17 is in Sheol waiting to awake in the living likeness of the Redeemer from death. And he is surrounded by the wicked, who are the deadly enemies that encompass him about. He cries, Deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. As power of punishment, it is the wicked who come upon the sufferer to eat up his flesh, not as cannibals on the earth, but as evil spirit powers of prey. The opponents of the sun and the manis appear in the psalms as the adversary and the adversaries. The individual adversary is discriminated from the adversaries. Also, the individual adversary is reproduced in the two characters of the apap dragon and of Sut or Satan, once the familiar friend or twin brother of the good Osiris, and afterwards his betrayer, an inveterate personal enemy. Now the adversaries of Osiris, or of souls in Amenta, include the Sabao, and these are the wicked, by name for the word in Egyptian signifies the profane, impious, blasphemous, culpable, or wicked. They rise up from Amenta as the powers of darkness and revolt, but are forever driven back into their native night by Horus, or Ra, Tat, or Shu. These are the wicked of whom it is said in the psalm. They shall return or be driven back to Sheol. The comparative process shows that, like Tat, the psalmist opens in Amenta, the place of the wicked who have no power to stand in the judgment. The wicked in Amenta are the adversaries of the sun and the soul of man. These are the rebels who forever rise in impotent revolt against the Lord and His anointed. Osiris Ra and Horus in the ritual, Iho, the Father God and David, the Beloved and the Psalms, the wicked rage against the Lord and His Anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. These are the cords of death, the cords of the wicked, the cords with which the manes are fettered in the land of bondage and the depths of Sheol. The Lord that sitteth in the heavens has these children of failure and derision. He has set His Son as King upon the holy hill of Zion, who is to break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. These are they of whom it is said to the Lord, Thou hast broken the teeth of the wicked. That is in defense of the sufferer and Sheol, who exclaims, I cry unto the Lord with my voice, and he answereth me out of his holy hill. I laid me down in death and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustaineth me. Osiris, the typical sufferer in a mantle, was imaged as the mummy, bound up in the bandages of burial. As Osiris the mummy, he was the charist, or prototypal Corpus Christi. As Osiris Sicarii, he was the coffined one. As Osiris Sahu, he rose again in a spiritual body. As Osiris Tat, he was a figure of eternal stability. For reasons now to be adduced, Osiris, or the Osiris, represents that typical sufferer who cries and ejaculations are to be heard ascending from Amenta in the Egyptian ritual and from Sheol in the Hebrew Psalms. David, pleading in the cave, is equivalent to Osiris crying in the caverns of Sat in Amenta. He says, I cry with my voice unto the Lord. With my voice unto the Lord I do make my supplications. I said, Thou art my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. He being in Sheol, the land of the dead, I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors. Bring my soul out of prison. The prison here is identical with the deep, the pit, the miry clay of Sheol, elsewhere specified. The sufferer in Amenta is Osiris or Horus in the Egyptian eschatology. He is also the Osiris as the suffering manis. Both have to be taken into account in tracing the sufferer in Sheol. He enters Amenta as a prison house. He prays that it may be opened for him to come forth, so that he may be finally established with those who have secured a place among the stars that never set, and who are called the masters of eternity. He cries, O Ra, open the earth, traverse Amenta and the sky. Dissipate our darkness. O Ra, come to us. Amenta, or Sheol, was the prison house of the soul in death, and the soul of the deceased is portrayed as a prisoner in the bandages of the mummy, like Osiris in the Kasu. The Osiris says to the warders of the prisons, May I not sit within your dungeons? May I not fall into your pits? Horus, the deliverer of the spirits in prison, comes to set the prisoners free from their sepulchres, to dissipate the darkness and open all the pathways to the land of light. In the chapter by which the prison house of Amenta is opened to the soul and to the shade of the person, that he may come forth by day and have the mastery over his feet, the speaker prays that the eye of Horus may deliver his soul. He cries to the keepers, Imprison not my soul, keep not in custody my shade. Let the path be open to my soul. Let it not be made captive by those who imprison the shades of the dead. Horus is the Camite prototype of the Chosen One, called the Servant by Isaiah, who came for a light of the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. It is not pretended that mortal Horus was born on earth of a mother who was a human virgin in the house of bread at Anu, or that he lived as Unbu, the branch at Nazareth, or his Kamite equivalent. Such localities in the ritual are in Amenta, and the transactions take place there, not on this earth. There was the prison house of death, and from thence the resurrection to a future life by transformation of the human soul into an immortal spirit as it was represented in the greater and most solemn mysteries. When the mortal entered Amenta, it was in the likeness of Osiris, who had been bodily dismembered in his death, and who had to be reconstituted to rise again as the spirit that never died. The mortal on earth was made up of seven constituent parts. The Osiris and Amenta had seven souls, which were collected, put together, and unified to become the ever-living one. The deceased in the image of the ba soul asks that he may be given his new heart to rest in him. He becomes a Sahu, or glorified body. He pleads that the way be made for his soul, his Ku, glory, his shade, and his Ka. These have to be united in the likeness of the typical divine soul, which was personalized as Horus, the son of Ra, in whose image the spirits of the just, made perfect, finally became the children of God. When the deceased enumerates his souls, he is Amanes in Amenta, and it follows that when the speaker in the Psalms does the same, he is in Sheol, a Hebrew Amenta, not on earth, and therefore is neither a King David nor any other mortal. This identifies the doctrine as Egyptian. As we have seen, man formed in the image of God had seven souls. Seven souls were assigned to Atum-Ra, and the human being who was made in his likeness had seven component parts. These were described as the Ka, the eye or Ego, the Ba, a human-headed soul, the Hati, or Breathing Heart, the Sahu, or Spiritual Body, the Ku, or Glory, the Kabit, or Shade, and finally, the Perfect Spirit. At least six of these can be identified in a passage of the 16th Psalm, because He, the Lord, is at my right hand. I shall not be moved, therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh, the mummy form, also shall dwell in safety, for thou wilt not leave my soul in Sheol, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In this passage we can perceive a reference to the Hati or breathing heart, the Ku or glory, the Sahu or mummy form, the Ba-Soul the Horus Spirit, and the Ka. If the Kabit, or Shade, had been mentioned, there would have been seven altogether, which constituted the totality of a future personality. The speaker in Psalm 7 had said, Let the enemy pursue my soul, or human-headed Ba. Let him tread my life, Anku, down to the earth, and lay my glory, Ku, in the dust. But for all this he will be avenged upon his adversaries in the judgment. The coup is the particular soul of the seven that was known as the luminous one or the glory. The soul that was brought up from Sheol or Amenta when it had attained the glory or become one of the glorified. At this stage, the speaker in the ritual says, Here am I. I come and am glorified and filled with the soul and power. He has attained the glory of the coup. In the book of the Psalms, the speaker who has passed through Sheol says, Thou hast brought up my soul from Sheol. Thou hast girded me with gladness, to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee. Awake up, my glory, I will sing praises with my glory. The language is akin to that of the manis in the ritual, who says, He may be buried in the deep, deep grave, and he bowed down to the region of annihilation, yet he shall rise again and be glorified, or he will attain the glory of the venerable coup. Sheol is a land of darkness and the shadow of death. So is Amenta, until lighted up with the presence of the sun by night in its nether firmament. Sheol is the place of the Rephaim, or shadows of the past. The Rephaim are to be found in Amenta as giants, huge shades of enormous stature, types of terror made more formidable by their exaggerated size. Sheol is the place of the shades, the underworld, to which the souls of the departed went and from which the dead were summoned by the consulters of aboth, or familiar spirits. It includes purgatory and hell, the Ethiopic, Sa'ol, and Assyrian Saul. There were deeper abysses in the abyss, and chambers of death in the house of death. Tophet is another Hebrew name for Sheol. A tophet is prepared of old, deep and wide, which may be traced to the Egyptian teft, a name of the abyss, the cavern of the pap or hole of the serpent. It was from Amenta, the hidden earth, that the ghosts of the dead were summoned by the magi, or reki not as evil demons, but as pure wise spirits. It is from this nether earth of Amenta that the soul of Samuel is supposed to have ascended when invoked by the witch, Pythoness, or Avendor. And the woman said unto Saul, I see a god, or Elohim, coming up out of the earth. But which earth of the two is not stated in the Hebrew. In several of the Psalms the singer utters the cries of a soul that suffers purgatorial pains in Sheol. As we have seen, the Egyptian purgatory is a domain in Amanta called Mesca, equals Meshek. It was a place of spiritual rebirth by purgation a meaning that survives in the name of purgatory this is described in the ritual as the place of scourging and purifying let not the osiris advance into the valley of darkness let not the osiris enter into the dungeon of the captives let him not fall among those who would drag him behind the slaughtering block of the executioner are cries of the manes amenta is the land of monsters chief of which in the mythos is the apop dragon which has its lair in the lake of outer darkness. In Amenta, the crocodiles have to be repelled. Also the serpent Seksek, Apshi, the devourer of the dead, the serpent Rekrek, the serpent Hayu, the serpent Abur, the crocodile dragon in the land of bondage, the raging bull, the devouring monsters, the howling dogs, the piercing serpent, the black boar of Sut Baba, The eternal devourer of the condemned is the monster most eminent in the eschatology. Deliver me from the crocodile or devouring monster of this land of bondage. Grant that I may come forth and have the mastery of my two feet. Let me advance to the goal of heaven. Deliver me from Baba, who feeds upon the livers of princes on the day of the great reckoning. These are also the cries of the manis. The appeals for divine protection during the passage of Amenta and for deliverance from the pangs of purgatory and the terrors of the hells are echoed in the land of Sheol. Many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round, they gape upon me with their mouth. Thou hast sore broken us in the place of jackals and covered us with a shadow of deaths. My soul is among lions, I lie among them that are set on fire. Deliver not the soul of thy turtle unto the wild beast. there is a description in the ritual of the torn and mutilated Osiris encompassed by the howling dogs of Amenta. Salutation to thee er are set in that voyage of heaven and the disaster in Tanu when those dogs were gathered together, not without giving voice. The dog is a prominent type of the devourer in Sheol. The sufferer exclaims. Deliver my soul from the sword, my only one, or my soul, from the power of the dog. The dog in Amenta represents the devourer who lives upon the damned. His face is that of a hound and his skin is that of a man. Eternal devourer is his name. He seizes upon the souls in the dark and is therefore said to be invisible as a type of very great terror. Osiris, bound as a mummy in Amenta, prays to be released by the god who had tied the cords about him in the earth. That is, by Seb, the god of earth, who was custodian of the mummies in the earth, whose hand and feet were bound up typically in Amenta, in the likeness of the earthly mummy. The sufferer in Sheol cries, My god, why hast thou forsaken me? All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They wag the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Thou hast brought me into the dust of death, for dogs have encompassed me. The assembly of evildoers have enclosed me. They bound my hands and my feet. They look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them, and upon my vesture do they cast lots. Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, have lifted his heel against me. I looked for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave also me gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. These are the pitiful cries and ejaculations of the suffering Osiris or Horus, the Savior in the Egyptian wisdom. And these scenes, circumstances, and sayings have been reproduced as the very foundations of the history in the Gospels. They were confessedly found among the parables and dark sayings of old, which, as the scribe admits, we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. That is, they were found in the writings of the divine scribe and psalmist taught, which were preserved in the psalms of the Hebrew David. The matter of the mythology goes with the mythical characters, and this has been mistaken for prophecy that was to be fulfilled in some future human history. There is a chapter in the ritual on not letting the mummy decay, that is, the mummy as a type of the personality continued in a future life. In this, the mummy god Osiris is addressed as the father by the Osiris as the manes in Amenta. The speaker says, Hail to thee, my father Osiris, thy limbs are lasting, thou dost not know corruption. And as with the gods, so it is with the manis. In spite of death, he says, I am, I am, I live, I live, I grow, I grow. And when I awake, I shall awake. I shall awake in peace. I shall not see corruption. I shall not be destroyed in my bandages. My limbs are lasting forever. I do not rot. I do not putrefy. I do not turn to worms. My flesh is firm. It shall not be destroyed. It shall not be perished in the earth forever. In the parallel passages of the Psalms, the speaker says, My heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth, my flesh shall dwell in safety or confidently. For thou wilt not leave my soul to Sheol, neither will it suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life. As for me, I shall behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied with thy likeness when I awake. The flesh in the psalm takes the place of the mummy in the ritual. The speaker in the psalms cries out continually and calls on the ka or the image of the eternal, in the likeness of which he expects to rise again and live as Horus or as Jesus, the beloved son. Another type of the beloved son in Sheol is the turtledove. The speaker cries to the God of his salvation, O deliver not the soul of thy turtledove unto the wild beast. The dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of violence. The soul of the turtle dove is the dove that was the symbol of a soul. When the transformation from the mummy was made in Amenta, the deceased became bird-headed as a soul, and thus assumed the likeness of Ra, the Holy Spirit. This bird of soul in the later eschatology was the hawk, the sign of a soul that was considered to be male, the soul of God the Father. The dove of Hathor was an earlier type of a soul derived from the mother. This is the turtle dove, the psalmist. In one of the Egyptian drawings, the soul is portrayed in the process of issuing from the mummy in the shape of a dove, instead of the usual hawk. Both are emblems of the risen soul, but the dove in monumental times was almost superseded by the hawk of Ra and Horus. In the ritual, snares are set, and a net is prepared to catch and destroy the manis. The deceased prays that he may not be taken like a foolish fish in the net. In the Psalms, the speaker, who is David in the cave, exclaims, They have prepared a net for my steps. Pluck me out of the net that they have privily laid for me. These are the liars in wait, who privily lurk to catch the passing souls. In vignettes to the ritual, the souls of the ignorant are shown in the guise of fishes, being caught in their net by Cenocephali, who are allowed to capture them because of their ignorance. The waters of the deep were in Amenta. The deep is identical with the pit, the pit with Sheol, and Sheol with Amenta. Save me, O God, for the waters are coming to my soul. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. Deliver me out of the mire, and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me. Let not the water flood overwhelm me, neither let the deep swallow me up. In the Psalms the Hebrew deity is he who sitteth on the waters. The Lord sitteth on the flood, yea, the Lord sitteth as king forever. He hath founded the earth upon the waters, and established it upon the floods. Even the Lord upon many waters. This is a picture of Osiris and Amenta sitting on his throne of the waters as lord of all this earth. The earth itself is imaged by the lotus rising from the water as the mount arose from out of the nun, and the water springs up and flows from underneath the seat, which is the throne of the god. The representation in the great hall of judgment is precisely the same as that described in the book of Revelation. And he showed me a river of water of life, bright as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God. The action of the God throughout nature is imaged as a welling and a flowing forth of water from its secret source. I heard the Lord is described by Jeremiah as the fountain of living waters. When it is said that the Lord sitteth on the flood or that Uranos is the throne of God, the imagery is Egyptian. With certain features defaced, the Oranos is heaven as the celestial water, upon which the Lord has been left sitting without the solar boat. The Lord as Ihu is one with Atum Hui or Ra, who is described as making his voyage nightly on the Urnas equals Oranos, leaving the trail of other-world glory in the river of the Milky Way. It is the same solar deity that rode through the deserts of the underworld. But again, the modus operandi is omitted. In this way, the Egyptian imagery has been divorced from the natural phenomena which it was intended to portray. In the ritual, the waters are described as bursting forth in an overwhelming deluge. Knowing the deep waters is my name, exclaims the sinking Manis. Do thou save me, he cries to the Lord. Then he exults in not being one of those who drown. Blessed are they that see the born. Beautiful is the god of the motionless heart, Asar, who causeth the stay of the overflowing waters. Behold, there cometh forth the lord of life, Osiris my support, who abideth day by day. I embrace the sycamore. I am united to the sycamore. The tree is a type of stability and safety in Amenta. In Sheol the refuge of the sinking soul is depicted amidst the waste of waters as the everlasting rock but both have one and the same significance as the means of safety from the flood. Thank you for listening to this sample. To continue listening to this book and for access to all of our other full audiobooks, please subscribe for $7.77 per month. Go to adultbrain.ca or follow the link in the show notes. This will be a completely separate podcast with a new RSS feed and will have all the titles from this feed as well. Thank you for your help and support in bringing rare and forgotten books to audio for the world.